through the rush of titles in the late 60s and early 70s, building up to Requiem for a Village, we traversed a series of folk horror titles that would change the landscape, pun intended, for British horror cinema forever. However, we would be some several decades away from its true impact and inspiration being realised as a new voice would emerge bringing with him all the pomp and ceremony of cult rituals, the obsession with the British landscape and of course all things unsettling and weird about the genre. As we turn our attention to the final chapter in Chronicle, a modern look now at folk horror in British cinema, there is no better place to start than Ben Wheatley's Kill List. Hi, I'm Duncan and you are listening to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition, T-10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, liftoff. And welcome back to Chronicle Podcast. This is an almanac of old world horrors and you're joining us in the third and final chapter of our season three exploration into British folk horror cinema. Now, chapter three is In With The Modern. These movies are the resurgence of a genre which would, for all intents and purposes, kind of die out in the late 70s and then slowly birth a inspiration and a influence on some modern titles. Truth be told, when movies like The Wicker Man, Blood and Satan's Claw and Witchfinder General were being created, the idea of a through line of a genre, so to speak, wasn't really there. These movies, disparate titles, were considered very much just one and done of their own little creepy corners. And much later on in the 2000s, this idea started to form on a collective terminology for folk horror cinema. And that's where we'll be looking. Basically, once you define it, that's when you start to realise that maybe maybe there could be a lasting influence in modern horror cinema. Now, as you join us in Chapter 3, we essentially have three episodes, including this one left in our exploration, with three phenomenal titles to look at. And I'm very proud to say that in the next episode, we'll be looking at our first found footage horror movie that Chronicle has ever covered in the Borderlands. Very much looking forward to that. I want to thank you all for the support that we've had for the previous two chapters. It's been great getting feedback directly from you guys, talking about your experiences first time viewing, as well as, you know, revisiting some of those titles you haven't seen for a while. 
It's a great place to start to get involved with birthing more a wider knowledge of the subgenre and the fact that you guys have participated in it in your droves has made me very happy to say the least. Do not despair that Chronicle podcast only has two months or so left with you. We'll be taking a very short break, couple of months, and then we will returning to you with much gusto in very early 2021 with a brand new look at another European horror topic. And trust me when I tell you that the groundwork has been laid on my side, the planning in place and the lineup of movies absolutely staggering. Cannot wait to get involved with that. I want to also thank everyone that's been checking out the other shows on the Tea Putts Collective. Whether it is Opera Omnia, where myself and Mr Watson, who is our season one resident host, have been working through the titles by Ben Wheatley. And there's a bit of crossover here, as we've already covered Kill List on that series, and I'm returning to do a slightly different look at Kill List here. Or whether it is Doing the Nasty, exclusively looking at the tier three titles in the video nasty list through season two with my co-host Mark Ball, or if you're trying to catch up with the little subgenre known as Jallo in our series Where to Begin With, exclusively looking at Jallo titles that I think are a great grounding and footing to understand and appreciate that subgenre in our season one. The fact that you're showing support to what has been a busy first half of a year on a brand new network launched by myself makes me immensely proud. So thank you very much for all the love and support there. Now, I have reviewed Kill List several times, whether you have checked me out talking about that movie on podcast Under the Stairs, or if you recently, in the last few months, heard myself and my guest, Mr. Watson, on Opera Omnia, go deep diving into that title. So I kind of thought to myself, if I was going to speak about that movie again, through the confines and through the lens of Chronicle, I wanted to do something slightly different with it. So there will be no audio clips here accompanying this review. And I won't really be giving you much of the backstory either. Rather, what I thought it might be interesting to cover is what this movie evokes to me when I watch it. This is a title, if you've never seen before, that demands repeat viewing. It demands you to sit down and pay attention, not just once through. The more you watch this movie, the deeper you're drug into the mystery. The deeper you find yourself questioning what you see on the screen what things mean conversations between characters and specifically the game in which you are playing. It's a dark, mysterious, trippy and at times flat out disturbing visual experience. An assault on the senses for sure. And what's most interesting about this movie is that if you look at the reviews of the time and if you even listen to how people equate this movie to try and give it some grounding, to try at times to make comparisons for recommendation purposes or review purposes, the title that everyone comes back to is The Wicker Man. 
And to be honest, that's where I lean as well. I see so many comparisons to not only the vibe, the idea of the game, the pagan ceremonies, and of course, the horrific ending of this movie that make me think Wicker Man. And Ben Wheatley himself kind of rebels against that idea. In interviews, he vehemently opposes the idea that this is in some way sharing the same DNA as the Wicker Man. In fact, the only comparison that he draws between the Wicker Man and Kill List is simply that both the movies have a central character who is playing a game in which they're trapped. They don't know the outcome and the slow realisation of the steps that they go through are all part of some sort of ritual. That's where he draws the line though. The idea of the use of the countryside, even the idea of the ending itself is something that he kind of leans against and says, you know what, it's not really Wicker Man-esque and, you know, it's maybe on some level your inability to see what the movie's doing if that's where you've ended up. I think he's right on some respects. I mean, it is his movie after all. But let's be honest with ourselves. The Wicker Man is a movie that has ominous presence from start to finish. kind of clings to you like a cloud. When you look at Kill List, that same vibe is there. In fact, I would go one step further and say that from about three minutes into Kill List, you're on the edge of your seat. You don't know why. The score is perfectly placed to make you unsettled. Characters act in a way which doesn't make sense. Maybe in their world, but not in yours. Interactions with people, it's just confusing. The way certain characters lead down their life as sacrifice once again doesn't make sense. And the movie lulls you into this kind of false sense of security that you're watching a movie about a hitman and this hitman is going to do what hitman or hitmen do. They're going to go around and kill swift, brutal, to the point. And then you watch the scene with the hammer and you realise that you're watching something entirely different. Sheer brutality, anger and vengeance. And the movie from that point onward is he trippy descent into the crushing of the psyche of our main character. Now, I told you, this isn't going to be a conventional review. Far from it. In fact, if anything, the best way to approach The Wicker Man is not to dwell too much on the elements that are laid out before you. My view on what I watch when I watch this movie has evolved and changed and solidified and then dissolved so many times over it's difficult to actually keep track so once again the best way to approach this is to go with your gut movies evolve and experiences change with time you are the factor that changes never the movie your viewing of any piece of art whether it be music or movie or a painting is developed by the way you feel, by the way you have been treated that day, rightly or wrongly, whether you've had a good sleep or not, your interactions with others, your upbringing, any theological bents that you may have, 
Are you feeling well that day? Were you intoxicated? Were you on prescription medication? All these things can have a direct impact on your viewing. But none so much as time. Time has a strange way of completely evolving and devolving your opinion on art. Mostly because the experiences that you have day to day are what shape your understanding and your perception of what you look at. You ever had a conversation with someone, received a text message or read an email and you've not been having a great day? And when you read the words, for whatever reason, they feel slightly hostile. And as a result, you can feel yourself getting prickly while reading it. A couple hours later, maybe a day or so, you come back and you read the same bit of text. You're now in a much better mood and actually, it doesn't feel that way at all. But in the heat of the moment, it surely did. Kill List is a movie which feels like regardless what your mood is, regardless how great your day is going, whether you've had enough sleep or even if you had your breakfast, Kill List is a movie that changes, adapts and morphs. It's a weird little maze in which you're trapped in where sometimes you find the route to the centre. It's really easy. And other times it feels like a chore. It feels like a real challenge. Where previous titles that we've covered in this season might be an opportunity to look at an unforgiving landscape. And like I said right back at the start of this season, you, yourself, being in a place that you shouldn't, surrounded by people that know something that you don't or have a belief in place that doesn't make sense to you and the hubris of your opinions, your strength, your core being ultimately your undoing, your downfall because you don't see the inevitable happening. Kill List on some level does have this but it doesn't have it in the same way that the other tales we've covered really manifest. If anything, this movie is about you as the individual in modern times no longer required. You're almost surplus to requirements. There is repeated conversations in here about the idea of one man becoming obsolete, unemployed, unable to do what men are seen, quote-unquote, to be able to do in society, which is be the breadwinner. And we lean in on this. The idea that our central protagonist is in a position where he has to take a job very last minute, a little research, because he requires that money without doing the due diligence that he would have done before and slowly feeling, as the mystery envelops him, more and more at odds and more and more out of place. This idea, once again, of being obsolete in the modern world is on some level a version of folk horror. Not to mention that our central protagonist has come back from seeing serious combat and something which has changed him fundamentally in Kiev. His inability to acclimate to normal life, as we know it, makes him the outsider in this scenario. An outsider in a place that he should feel comfortable and should belong. And of course, with the outcome of the movie, the stark irony of the situation, 
by wanting to belong and conform, ultimately you are in over your head and when you realise what you're conforming to, what you are becoming part of is something that you don't want and is far more sinister than you could ever have imagined. Furthermore, and an exclamation mark if ever there was one, instead of following the roads of the wilderness, the rural countryside, or even those paganistic ceremonies of which, to be fair, Killless does have, although you can look at it through the prism of um, the establishment, the power base, what makes the movie even more interesting is the central idea that maybe people are what is scary. People are to be what is feared. And the idea that folk horror is less to do with the countryside and less to do with those paganistic ideas, those ritualistic ceremonies that we've seen in all the movies, but rather long-rooted individuals who remain in one place through generation and generation that ultimately have a secret knowledge of sorts akin to what we would prescribe as being paganistic. The idea that locals know not to go to a certain place at a certain time of night. The idea that locals know the history and the mythology and also the folklore of certain areas. If you're the outsider coming into that, that sort of resolve, that confidence in itself can be something that appears quite silly until you yourself are trapped in the very folklore that you were warned about at the start. Killis leans into this. It leans into it heavy as our protagonist finds himself further and further down the rabbit hole. And by the end, the lack of understanding, the lack of knowledge garnered by our character through his several trials ultimately lead him right back to wanting to belong, to becoming part of the group, part of the power structure, at the cost of everything that he held dear, and at the same time, the warnings given. It's a hugely fascinating film. It's a very important film, and on any given day, a movie that I would argue is one of the finest examples of horror cinema ever produced from the UK. Ben Wheatley has always had an affinity with the ideas or principles behind folk horror. You'll have to look at the landscape on a movie like Sightseers, or a movie which certainly should have been more in the comparison conversation to The Wicker Man. A movie that he did a few years later called A Field in England, which is certainly, certainly in line. And in an inverse to the movies we've discussed already, maybe the biggest horror in Kill List at its core is less to do with the idea of the fear of the other people, the people that we don't know, and rather is being part of the collective group of people that we do. And you've been listening to Chronicle Podcast. This has been the seventh episode of Season 3, the first instalment of Chapter 3, looking to close out this series on British folk horror cinema covering Kill List. I hope you enjoyed the slightly different take 
on what we usually do over here. Do not fear, we are going back to a standard format as we delve into the penultimate movie in our folk horror review. When we turn our attention to a found footage movie, which I genuinely think is up there amongst the best ever created, as we tackle The Borderlands. As I mentioned up at the top of the show, after Borderlands, one more movie review and then Chronicle disappears from your feeds for a few months, returning January 2021 with a brand new season of European cinema to discuss. I want to thank you again for all the support and thank you very much for checking out this episode. Please check out all the other shows on the T Putts Collective, whether it is Opera Omnia, currently looking at the movies of Ben Wheatley, about to transcend into season two and look at the movies of Peter Strickland, or it's doing the nasty, looking at the tier three titles from the video nasty list, or where to begin with Jallo, doing a kind of deep dive and a recommendation list of movies you should check out if you want to get into that subgenre known as the Jallo. Your support by subscribing to this feed means that I can gain metrics on how popular they are and at the same time it gives me a bit of feedback as to how well we are doing as well. Another way you can do that is joining our Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle. Podcast. This episode of Chronicle Podcast was written, recorded and produced by me for you. Join me in one month's time as we look at found footage horror through the eyes of folk horror cinema as we tackle The Borderlands from 2013. But until then, remember, most hot-blooded insurrectionists hold their role of opposition to a thoroughly secure establishment is more important than the overthrow of the establishment. This is Duncan McLeish for Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Until the next time. Ignition. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Lift off.